Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, verse 1 through 10, the book of James, chapter 5, verse 7 through 10, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 11, verse 2 through 11, and Canticle 15. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. <clears throat> On a cold and dreary winter morning, not so long ago and not too far away, one of the beloved matriarchs of this church who sits among you today, spoke words affirming of the moment and suitable for the story we hear in the gospel-inspired canticle for today. Amidst the cacophony of idle chatter, she raised her voice intent on commanding the attention of those nearby, demanding that they turn their hearts toward the scripture about to be read in their presence. And there in that space and in that moment, she spoke with clarity and strength the following words. Shut up, boys. <laughs> I decided I could start and end my sermon today with just her three words. But I think this occasion calls for some elaboration. Today, we celebrate the voices of women. Every year on this third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday, if we're being fancy, we read or hear or sing the wondrous and mighty song of Mary, the mother of God. The complexities of her role in our religious lives are unnumbered. Some of us grew up knowing her as a meek and mild, submissive little girl, the exemplar of Christian motherhood, and the archetype of devoted subservience and virgin chastity altogether adored and resented. A lady whose made-up life you would strive to emulate only to realize the endeavor was impossible to accomplish. I remember going to the Greek Orthodox Church with my yaya as a little girl and kissing the face of her icon while a voice whispered in my ear, this is the Theotokos, 
the God-bearer. The perpetual reminder that human women with strength and pain and wisdom brought the almighty and eternal God into our world. Most of my mainstream Protestant friends had very little reference for her, other than that little figurine that was next to Jesus in the manger scene at Christmas. Perhaps a bit surprised to see her draped in blue and not pink, like we were told sweet little girls should be. Growing up in the Episcopal Church, we didn't talk too much about her, except for on this third Sunday of Advent, where we lit the wreath candles and told the story of how the boys shut up and the women sang the songs that echo throughout eternity. The Magnificat, the Song of Mary, positioned in the middle of the first chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, is one of the very few pieces of Christian Holy Scripture that passes the Bechdel test. Meaning, it is among very few written accounts in our holiest of books that features two named women speaking to one another about something other than men. That first chapter of Luke, though, begins with Zechariah, the husband of Elizabeth and father of John the baptizer, the cousin-in-law of Mary, the mother of God. That chapter starts out with a pretty normal-looking day in the life of the priestly order, as Zechariah, an old man without any children, is chosen to go before God and make sacrifice for his people. Just a good, normal guy going about his day, living in the status quo of men of his status. When all of a sudden, an angel appears in front of him in the midst of a cloud of incense. Obviously, he nearly pooped his pants. Because let's be real, seeing an angel in real life could be a pretty terrifying experience. And if that wasn't enough of a shock, the message that this messenger brought was even more astounding to Zechariah. Your wife, Elizabeth, who has surely already gone through menopause, is going to have a son. And this child will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will be a prophet to his people. This child of yours will prepare the way of the Lord. 
and prepare your people to receive God into their hearts and into their lives. Yes, I, Elizabeth, I said, your, your wife, Elizabeth. Well, Zachariah could have said any number of things in that moment, but what he came up with was, prove it. Gabriel, in response, then echoes the voice of all women ever when he speaks the eloquent and poignant words of God. Boy, shut up. And for nearly a year thereafter, Zechariah is unable to speak. Voiceless becomes his doubt and fear and contempt for what God is about to do in the world through human women. Gabriel's next stop is Mary. He goes to her and asks her consent in making the word of God alive in her flesh. From you, Mary, will come the Savior of the world, the holy child of God, whose kingdom will have no end. Then, in full knowing, in the greatest story ever told, Mary says, yes. Yes to the ways of God. Yes to all the things that seem impossible to Zechariah. Yes to the radical message of the Almighty that flips the entire social hierarchy of wealth and tyranny upside down. Yes to the voice of the voiceless that makes mute the ways of the world. Mary knew exactly what she was saying yes to. Yes to mercy and love and goodness. Yes to reciprocity and reparation. Yes to lifting up the lowly, filling the hungry with good things. And no to keeping things the way they've always been and doing things the way they've always been done. As Mary welcomes the word of God, her voice is magnified, making way for us to live in her ways and let her song be our song. Tell out my soul, the greatness of the Lord. Tell out my soul the greatness of God's might. Powers and dominions lay their glory by. Proud hearts and stubborn wills are put to flight. The hungry fed, the humble lifted high. Today we are invited to join Mary in giving voice to those 
who speak the truth of who God really is. The one who comes to disturb the status quo. The one who keeps their promises. The one who feeds the hungry and provides for the poor and empowers all people to speak the truth of God's word. The radical truth of God's word. We are asked to join Mary and magnify the voices of those who believe that the love of God can be born in barren and broken places. That the mercy of God will be poured out on those who have been disenfranchised, marginalized, and oppressed. We join Mary in saying that fear has no home in the womb of wonder, and that a pregnant, unwed refugee, teenager, has the potential to turn the whole world upside down if men would just shut up long enough to listen to her song. Eventually, Zechariah did speak again. But many months later, his words sounded quite different than from before. Doubt and fear were replaced by revelation and insight. Deliverance and freedom became his anthem. Forgiveness and salvation were met with compassion, and peace became a pathway for his feet. After some time of silence, after listening to the women, his voice aligned with God's, and he was able to speak again. But more than that, he was able to be heard. Each one of you has the potential to be a herald of this good news. Each of you a soul capable of magnifying the message of the Almighty. Each of you a potential prophet of the radical realities of God that makes stretch marks a stigmata and the voice of one crying out in the wilderness an opportunity to wake up and look for Jesus in our lives. I hear it takes just a few simple words to change our world. Here am I, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And I have it on good authority that boys can say this too. <laughs>